it is such a challenge, this sermon that's coming up, and I hope and pray that you'd receive it because I'm going to take what I talked about last week and zoom in on a very specific point that when you read it, the average person misses the point of the specific thing that Jesus says. And uh, let's just test for a second. Jesus said that the, that his house would be called a house of prayer. Okay? Um, that's true, but it's incomplete. Okay? We focus on the idea that it's a house of prayer, but he, he, that's not the end of the sentence. Um, don't cheat. Some of us who memorize the Bible probably already know it. But we're going to be in Mark 11 yet again. And uh, we're not going to be there for a while. So if you want to put your thumb in Mark 11 and go to Acts chapter 13, God bless you. Um, nothing wrong with God bless you, right? Uh, but keep your finger on Mark 11, but go to Acts 13. And we're going to be there in just a second because... Jesus did something very powerful. He goes and he clears the temple and he says, this place is supposed to be called a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of thieves, right? Yeah. So in other words, let's sum it up. Last week's message, if you weren't here, you, you need to go watch it on YouTube. Shameless plug, fine. But you, you go, he goes in there and he just whips them out, according to John. He whips them out and he goes, you have made this place into a place that is not meant to be. God created our, the house of God to be this way and you've turned it into something that is not that way. It's at best, uh, somewhat just maybe good. He says, I made my house to be very specific. I've caused my temple to be this way and you're turning it into something else. And so we're going to zoom in on the story in Mark chapter 11 in just a minute. But we're going to actually start and set up this story by looking at Acts 13. And I love this because if you, if you're a Christian, you have been impacted one way or the other by Paul the Apostle, right? You can thank God for the Holy Spirit first, but you can thank God for Paul the Apostle to reach out to non-Jewish people. He turned, he, he caused, and God called them to this, that it's the, the Jew, the Christian faith is not a Jewish sect. Like, it's not just a branch off the Jew, Jew, Jewish faith. It is for the world to reach. And so you can thank God for sending Paul and Barnabas to start that going. But we're going to be in Acts chapter 13. And I love this because Acts 13 is the beginning point of the church spreading. We know from history that Paul went on three missionary journeys. And this is his call. And I can't help but think about the moment that God called me was at a Bible camp and I came up for the, for an altar and everyone else is leaving to play some kind of like capture the flag or something, which I love capture the flag. I played that in college and we did that on the, but I said, I don't want to leave this place until I know what God wants me to do with my life, which could have been all night, but it happened fairly quick and inst like almost instantly I knew this is what God wants me to do. And I needed, there was a, logistical stuff to deal with that, with that. But then I read Acts 13, and this is where Paul's call is. And I love this because it says this in Acts 13. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, which we know a lot. He's Paul's partner in crime, if you will. Uh, Simeon, called the black man. Lucius from Cyrene. Menaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas. And Saul. Who's Saul? Paul, okay, he, God changed his name, he's, he's known as Saul right here. And one day, these men were worshiping, because Paul, Saul had been converted, a radical, radical conversion, he was out to kill Christians, 
And he, he went to this place and then they're in this ordinary worship service. And look at this. One day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Okay. So there's this group of men who are, I would, I really believe it's an ordinary worship service. Maybe they didn't think there's going to be something major happening here. Maybe they didn't think the Holy Spirit would actually speak specifically to them. And the, the Holy Spirit did. And when they were worshiping and fasting, so what were they doing? Worshiping and fasting. There's two things that we, in conjunction together, they often get ignored on the average Christian, okay? They're worshiping, they're fasting, they're seeking God, and the Holy Spirit said specifically, appoint Barnabas and Saul, who? Barnabas and Saul, for the special work to which I have called them. So special work. There's something very specific, Saul. There's something very specific, Barnabas. Out of these men here, you got Barnabas, you got Simeon, you've got Lucius, you got Menaean, you've got Saul. Two people out of that are called very specifically to do something very specific. So after more fasting and prayer, isn't that interesting? You're fasting and praying, you show up to a worship service, God speaks specifically, and then you go, we've got to pray more. We gotta seek God more. We need some, we need some direction. We need to know what God is saying for us. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on the way. Everybody say sent. Sent. Very specific strategic word. Sent. We're gonna bless you. We're gonna lay hands on you, which was a commission. You're no longer part of this church specifically. Now you're in God's hands and you're going out. We're sending you. So I want you to get this picture. The church in Antioch had a service, and they were worshiping, they were fasting, they were seeking God, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to speak to the people. And the word was this, Barnabas and Paul, you are going to be called, I'm calling you to go out. And specifically, we know it from history, you or two were to go out and spread the gospel away from the known world and go into the unknown world where they have not been reached yet because Antioch was about it. Once you get west of that, nobody knew Jesus. There was no, there was no Jesus. There might have been a few here and there, uh, but there was a lot of places that did not know about Jesus yet. They didn't know the Christian faith. They didn't know about salvation on the cross. They did not know that. And so God said, I'm calling you two out. And I'm sending you. Everybody say send. Okay, send. It's a word that we're going to come back to. And so um, this is a very important chapter in the Bible because up to this point, Christianity has been a fairly Jewish thing. It's been a fairly uh, centralized thing where it was Jerusalem. Uh, there was a couple things. We know it's already in Antioch, but it was very centralized. It was not global. People... People around the world did not know about Jesus. So somebody had to go. Somebody had to leave their comfort and go and tell people about Jesus Christ. They had to get out of their lazy boy chair like I do. And they got get out of your recliner because God's sending you to go to a specific location. My point is, you never know what God might do during an ordinary worship service or a time of prayer. See, this happened, I really believe that this is a time where I, they, they, they were seeking God, they were fasting, they were praying, they were worshiping, they were seeking the Lord, they were waiting. And all of a sudden, in an ordinary location, the Holy Spirit spoke. 
I wonder what God might do in our midst before the day is over in your heart. I wonder who God is calling right now to be like a Paul, be a Barnabas, to get out of your comfort zone, to get away from what I would call your people and talk to people that nobody is reaching out to. Because there are people who, when you, need, when, they, when you mention Jesus, there's a bunch of falsehoods about who Jesus really is. Jesus is this way. God is that way. God is this way. Oh, religion is this way. And you're out being called to go to the people and speak the truth about who God really is. But it all stems from having a heart of prayer, a heart of worship, a heart of fasting, a heart of seeking, and a heart of waiting. If you're not willing to do those things, you're not going to hear from God. I don't care who is up here preaching to you. You're going to go, eh, whatever. That's for them. Lord, here am I, send them. I think I hear the Lord sending Dwayne. I just, this, that's, I'm hearing it right now. He's not saying Joel. He's saying just Dwayne. So I'm out, I'm off, I'm off the hook, right? No. See, Barnabas and Paul was the, was the, uh, it's like the spark that starts a fire, and the Holy Spirit birthed it. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, we're going to go move from that to two different things. We're going to talk about world missions. Everybody say world missions. And we're going to talk about local missions. Say local missions. Local missions and global missions, world missions, it is not either either or. Okay, it's not, I choose to go out into the world and, oh, God's not called me to be a missionary per se, so I guess I do nothing. It's a both and. We've got to be a church. We've got to be disciples who are about spreading the gospel around the world. Did you know there's still places in the world that don't know Jesus? They don't literally know. If you say the name Jesus, they just go, they have no idea. So if you go to a, if you go to anyone in America, if you say Jesus, they're at least going to know it could be wrong, but they're at least going to say, oh, that's the guy who who everybody says was on the cross and died, and he raised from the dead. That's what Christians say. It's so he, He's so well known that Jesus over the years has become a cuss word, right? I mean, how is that possible? Because that it was, sat, it was like, not I wouldn't even say oversaturated, but over the centuries of America, Christianity was the predominant religion. And it was the main thing. Now, you're going to see in just a moment that it's less predominant in America than it used to be. Okay, I saw a map of the world. If I can push the button right. See that? See that little place right? I can't do it without my hand shaking. See that little place right there where it's moving? That's where we live. Now, I want you to notice that Mexico, who is what is predominantly Catholic... Okay, so this is a, this is Christianity. This is Catholicism all wrapped into one. Okay. This, Mexico is very, you can't see on the screen there as much. It's very dark red right here because Catholicism is major religion in South, Southern America. But Christianity and the United States and Canada, it's less red. Do you notice that? Canada is barely, it's barely pink. You know why Canada is barely pink? Because Christianity is, the, the influence of Christianity is starting to wane. It already has waned. Okay, it's getting less and less and less. And Canada is, is, uh, very secular. Europe, Russia, very secular. Okay? It is not as predominantly Christian as it used to be. America, it's not light pink, 
but it's middle to, from dark to light. It's the middle pink. That means that the influence of Christianity is going the wrong direction. Okay. Not so long, not so long from now, that's going to be less of, that's going to be more of what Canada is and what Europe is. We're following Europe. We're just about 20 years behind. Europe is very secular, very much non-Christian. Okay. So we're following suit there, but I want you to notice something about the middle right here. What color do you see, if you can see it? Green. That means that the majority of these people have never heard about Jesus. Muslim. Muslim all the way through northern Africa, into the Middle East, and into India and Asia. All these little, all these little, like, right here. Predominantly Muslim. That means that there's many, 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 many people who have no clue about who Jesus is. You mentioned Jesus, like to, at the best, he's going to be a prophet. Can you see how, can you see how dangerous, dangerous it is to say that Jesus is just a prophet? You can miss Jesus by this much. Did Jesus, was he, was he kind of a prophet in a sense? He knew things. He knew things. He knew what God the Father wanted of the world and of him, but he died for the sin of the world. If you say that he's just a guy who taught good and he was, he was a, he was, he was a guy who came in this world to speak for God, you're missing the point. And so what we need to do is the United States, we, all of us, we need to first, we need to step up to the plate when it comes to reaching out to the lost because our country is going the wrong direction. Okay, we're going the direction of Canada and Europe. And they're already way far away from God. Okay? But what we need to do as Christians, we need to pray for these countries over here, which some of them, I have no idea what they are. And in just a second, I want to give you like a, uh, just a screenshot of a, an app that you can get on your phone that will tell you about different countries that need, to, that don't know Jesus. And, uh, we need to pray that these countries right here in that window right there, it's just like a, it's just a rectangle window right here. That people would start to wake up to the truth and that God would send somebody to go reach out to those people. Because like I said, if no one goes to these countries, who's going to go? How are they going to know? Listen, God uses humanity. He uses us. We have our work to do. Now, in the green section, that middle, there's roughly 3 billion people right there. 3 billion people ready right now to go to hell because they don't know Jesus. We, we're kind of biblical around here. We're kind of old-fashioned. We actually literally believe in a hell. Okay? Jesus talked about hell. The Bible talks about hell. Talks about a place where we go separate from God without the, without receiving what Jesus did on the cross. Now, I know that's not very popular, but it's the truth. The reality is we need to start praying about that. So who's going to go? The challenge of Jesus to us is you need to go out into all the world and make disciples of what? All nations. Go into all the world and make disciples of all Nations, all tribes, all tongues, all, all, uh, backgrounds, every kind of religion that they had in the past. We need to go reach out to Muslims who are re, who are going to receive Christ, but we need to figure out what's my part to play in this because that's a, this right here, that green area, that's a long way away from over here. 
Most of us can't go and just pack up and go in an airplane and go over there and just drop me off right here. I'll be good. Like there's some logistics going on here. So none of us are exempt from this. I don't care if you're called specifically to go to northern Africa. If you're called to go to India, none of us are exempt from this. All of us are called to reach out to the people that they don't know Christ. And it starts with the people, your neighborhood. It starts with the people around you. It starts with the people at the grocery store. It, 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 the person at the restaurant. That's where it starts. So here's the first thing. It's a foundational belief. I, I really believe that when you pave your life, this is the bottom level of your life. Number one, when it comes to missions, God calls all of us, how many of us? All of us to pray intentionally and pray specifically for the spread of the gospel to all nations. And some of us may be doing that already, and I, I appreciate that. That is what we're supposed to do. Maybe in your prayer time, you do pray for these nations specifically by name. You pray for these specific tribes by name. If you don't know these names, like I don't, you got to do some research. You got to do a little research. There's a little bit of help in just a moment because the average person, including your pastor, gets stuck in their own little world. Right? You have your own issues. You got your own problems. You got your own, like, physical problems, emotional problems. You got whatever problems. Like, I, when I have, if I have a, say I have a migraine right here and it's just like not going away, I have a hard time focusing on this when I got my headache. So I'm like, forget them. I'm praying for myself. And listen, we're supposed to pray for the things that we that bother us. Yes. But when was the last time that we prayed like this? Where we were praying intentionally about the spread of the gospel to all nations. Even in the United States. Like I said, we're going the wrong direction. The influence of Christianity is waning. It's going away. It's like just, it's going away very fast, rapidly. So my question to you today, who's going to go? See, there's an app. It's called Unreached of the Day. I like that. There's a screenshot right there on the phone. It's Unreached of the Day. If you have, if you have a cell phone, whatever, with Google or whatever, or iPhone, it's in your store. Just look up Unreached of the Day. And every day it's going to text you. You can click on it, and it will give you a specific person it will give you a specific type of type. Like, this is the Axie in China. I had no idea that was even something. But it's a very specific area of China, and they speak that language right there. I had no idea. Like, how am I supposed to know that? I'm far away from there. And that pops up. It has a face of a legit person there. And I go, I, this is, this is like, Lord, I'm, now I'm going to be praying for that. When was the last time that you prayed for that specific group of people in the, in the world? I never have. Because I never knew they existed. So that's a very useful tool you can put on praying. Right now, zero people are praying for that person, according to that screenshot. But then you can see how many people are specifically praying for that kind of people. And that's a great, it tells you how much population. And by the way, it says right in the corner, and I'm not even looking at Christian, evangelical Christian, 0.08%. 0.08% of the people in that area, they're evangelical which believe in Jesus dying for the sins of the world, right? Okay. And um, so the people, amount of people, close to zero. My, my, my point is, is all of us, we can start. 
by praying. But how are we supposed to know to pray for some a group of people that we don't know exist? That's why they created this kind of thing because it's every day it's something. And you can pray. You can pray for 20 seconds. You can pray for two minutes for this specific group of people. My point is, you don't know the power of the prayers that you pray because God, He again, one way, one reason or another, He partners with you even in your prayers. Because there's, we don't just pray just because it's just we're wasting our time. There's power in your prayers. You seek God. Number two, we must build on top of prayer. We don't just sit back and pray and that's it. We, God calls all of us, how many of us? All of us to give gladly and sacrificially for the spread of the gospel to all nations. Here's the problem. When you go to the grocery store, it costs a little bit more money now. Right? I hear it all the time. I'm there all the time. I, I, I experience it. Like one bag is like, wow. So there's less money in your pocket. I get it. Me too. Right? Hayden has more cash than I do. But, so if you need to borrow some money, go to Hayden. That's my point. No, the, the point is, is not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the amount. I'm talking about God's call to give gladly and sacrificially for the spread of the gospel to all nations. We as a church, we, we, um, partner with some missionaries and some local, uh, missions areas around here to do the work across the country, around the world, that none of us, maybe you're called to it, but some of us are not called to go to Northern Africa. So we want to support those missionaries that do go over there because they, they, they can't just, well, they can, well, if they're really God, they'll go there and they'll live off leaves and stuff like that. Well, would we? Would we? I wouldn't. Right? That's why we're called to give gladly and sacrificially. My point is we can't outgive God. We can't outbless God. We can't out, like, uh, anoint, like, he sends anointing and power. Yeah, and what the point is, is it's not even about the money. It's about your trust in God. It's about giving gladly and sacrificially. And you know what? Finances are tight. I know. But Lord, I know this, these, this $10 right here, this $1, this 25 whatever God's leading you to, this is going to go around the world. And it's going to support these missionaries who are out proclaiming the gospel to people that don't know. Now, a couple of things. The first thing, God may be calling, may, may be calling you to go. Everybody say go. Go, right? He may be calling you to go two, two ways. For, I don't know. He may be calling you to go and you partner with a with a uh, uh, missionary, and that's what you do the rest of your life. He may pay, he may be calling you to un to get your bags and go. I can't stop. I'm not I'm not going to speak for God. We need to be open to whatever God has for us. That's the point. He may be asking you to stay right here in Kamei and preach the gospel right here. Okay, but he may be calling you over the next year to seek this out and go on a short term missions trip. There's a guy that I know. His name is Mark Schaffler. Uh, for many of us, we've worked with Mark Schaffler over the years. He's a pastor, he is a uh, missionary, and he is a guy who goes to local missions, he goes around stateside, and he goes around the world going on these short-term missions trips. You, sp- you raise money, and you go with him, 
and you go wherever he's going to go that year. So you're going to have to take a little bit to raise money and that kind of thing. But Mark Schaffler is a good uh, resource. If, if God is calling you to go on a short-term mission trip, let me know, and I would love to get a, get a hold of him because I know he would want to partner with us. Um, I don't know what year it was in the 90s, but he came and had a local missions trip here in Kamei, right? And so you can, there are tools, there are resources. And so um, you, I've also talked over the years, one of our missionary couples, Chris and Heather Schneider, I, 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 we truly do love those missionaries. We know them very much so. And they're in Northwest Argentina, a very specific group of people in Argentina, Northwest part of Argentina. And they both told us that they would love if we went there short term and went there. Any one of us. We've got, the point is, including myself, okay, I'm not sitting there pointing fingers and hiding behind this table right here. We have got to take time in the next month or so, especially maybe in the next year, is God calling us to go on a short term basis? Maybe, maybe it's a long term basis. I don't know. The point is God is going to speak to you. And we need to listen. We need to obey that kind of thing. So open up our hearts and let God speak. Number the, the second thing, because God may be calling you to go, maybe he's not. But the second part of this, God is calling all of us to be local missionaries in our community, no matter who you are. Okay, some people are not called to go into foreign missions. God needs you right here. When I'm praying for this, and I'm saying, God, what are you saying to me? I'm not trying to answer the prayer for God. Okay, my the only answer I can hear is stay. Or the only answer I can hear is go. No, I just say, Lord, what are you saying? And just wait on God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, and let him pour into you. Read stories about missions and see if that touches your heart. See if that makes you a little bit challenged. You go, ooh, I want to do that. Because God is going to start, he's going to start putting some, um, he wants to emphasize missions to you, but in a specific way. But for all of us, we're called to be local missionaries to our community. So my prayer is that we would have the exact same heart as the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 6-8, which is my going to be my theme for a while in my life. Then I heard a Lord, the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? This people, who are these people? The people of God, but these people are far from God. Who am I going to send? And I said, what do you say? Let's do it. Ready? Here I am. No, wait. Okay, let's do it again. Ready? Here I am. Send me. Here my Lord. Use me. Here my Lord. Send me. See, God is calling, but a lot of the people in the church, they're not picking up the phone. Right? Like, if I could use my cell phone as an example, God calls me, I pick it up, and it says, God calling. I go, ooh. You know, when you get a phone call and you get your boss calling, you're like, I'm not available all of a sudden. My, I was out of reach. I was out of service. I'm, in, I'm between Orfino and Kamei. I had no service. We do that with God. I'm calling you. Who's going to go? Do you think God knew the answer to that question? Of course he did. But he wants us, us to have a heart like this. Here my Lord, send me. Here my, use me. God is asking you to be a missionary, first of all, right here in your community, in the store, 
in at the post office, at the restaurant, in your own family, in your own household, your kids, your grandkids, your 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 nephews, all that, you are a missionary that reaches out to the people who's gonna be a messenger to this people. Because I thought about this the other day when I was or it was yesterday, I was practicing this in, in my bedroom. And I was my there was no one I tried to take the dog in there, but he fell asleep or something like that. So whatever. And I stopped at this point and I said, very specific, I said, I live on Pine Ridge. It's just up on the hill over there. I said, who's going to reach out to people on Pine Ridge? They're my Lord. Send them. Because they're above on Pine, they're above Pine Ridge. They can see us from the top of the hill, right? They're like, look at how good we are. No, I, I like that top of the hill. But for me, it's like, who's going to reach out to Pine Ridge? That's specific. Hopefully it would be, I'd say, Lord, use me. The person who's mowing over at the uh, the, par- the Pine Ridge Park, who's going to reach out to that guy? I walked the dog down the road, and there's like four different kids playing ball in the in their. Who's going to reach out to those kids? Because there's a million times where I've walked down past them and just, hey, how you doing? And that's it. So here I am. Send me. Not, here I am, send them, here am I. Now, let's take, now, all that, zoom in on three verses in Mark 11 that we read last week, okay? If Jesus goes in, he clears the temple. That's not news to anybody, that story. Everybody's read that story. But there's a very specific part that Jesus says, and we skip over, most people skip over the, the, the purpose of what he says. My house shall be called a house of prayer, dot, dot, dot. Okay, let's, let's read that part. Mark 11, verse 15 through 17 says, When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple, and he began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. And he said to them, the scriptures declare, what? My temple or my house will be called a house of prayer, what? For all nations. Interesting. You do what I do when I say, when we try to finish Jesus' st- sentence, my temple will be called a house of, we just say prayer. And that's right, of course we're going to be a house of prayer, but for what? The temple, my house, the, the gathering place that we have, it's going to be called a house of prayer, what? For all nations. For one... It's available to all. Everyone that, this known place, there was a temple. And we know in heaven there's going to be a gathering place of all the saints. We can call it a heavenly temple, if you will. Okay? But it's available for all nations, all people, all backgrounds, sinful, all people. Now, obviously, we we believe in repentance. We believe in repenting of your sin and running to Jesus, but we make it about us for and no more. And those people, they did. They made it about us for and no more. See, these people, they turned into a den of thieves. They had relig- religiosity, but they had no God. Can you see the danger in that? Can you see the danger in doing stuff for God, but forgot- forgetting about the God that it's about? Because pastors do it all the time. They missed a point. Last week we mentioned a few things that they missed. Number one, we said f- they missed fear, awe, and reverence towards God. 
That's what they missed. They were going to the temple, no fear, no awe of God, no, wow, you're amazing, God. It was all about just doing this stuff, keeping busy. They ignored confession and sorrow over sin. And they skipped over faith-filled and forgiving prayer. Remember those three points? Now, here's another thing that they missed. They missed love for all nations. What does that mean to us specifically? We can easily forget about love for lost people, people who are different than us. It was very specific because Jewish people, it was very, the Jewish nation, they were blessed of God. They were. God chose them. God raised them up. The whole Old Testament's about that. This is a people that are God's blessed and chosen people, and that became a badge of honor to them. Well, I'm God's chosen people. Dwayne's not because he's not Jewish. And God said, you guys are missing the point. You guys, everybody, you, God wants to use the Jewish nation to reach out to the world, and they've completely skipped over that. So God's point here is that the house will be called a house of prayer that's available to everyone, to all now, there are people that you know that are not Christ followers. They don't honor God. See, look at the tech, look at the context of what Jesus is saying. He says, the scriptures declare. What scripture? Well, it's Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56. Look at it in context with two verses because it says a lot. It, it will teach, Isaiah 56 will teach you exactly what Jesus is saying in this when he's, He's screaming to them, you guys have made this into a den of thieves. He goes in Isaiah 56. He's quoting this. God says this in Isaiah 56. I will also bless the foreigners. Say foreigners. Outsiders. People who are different than you. People who do not have the same background as you. He will bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord. Who serve him and love his name. Who are the ones who are going to reach out to these people and let them serve the Lord? How are they going to know to serve God if no one tells them to do it? Someone has to reach out to them. Who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest and who hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them, who? The lost, the foreigners, the people who are no, they're, they're way different than the Jewish people. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings. I will accept their sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So not only is he talking about praying for all the nations, but he's saying this is a specific thing. These people who are all around here that do not know who I am, they're outsiders. They call them foreigners, non-Jewish people. He goes, I'm calling to gather them together as one people. But it's so easy for us to go us four no more. It is easy to do that. Listen to me. Every chair in this place that's empty represents someone that's far from God. They don't know Jesus. Let's just, I like to use a name. Let's just say this guy's name is Tim, right? The guy that's going to sit in there, his name is Tim, doesn't know Jesus. Tim, he has a great life. He has enough money saved up. He's going to get ready to retire. 
He's going, he's getting ready to do all this stuff. He's getting ready to go on vacation. He's going to do all this stuff. He's doing great. His family's doing great. He's got grandkids. He's got a, a million different grandkids. He is celebrating life. And yeah, he doesn't know Jesus. So I hate how morbid this sounds, but let's say, let's say Tim, I was going to say Ted, Tim, different name, Tim or Ted or Susie, whoever it is that they die without knowing Jesus Christ. Let's be honest. What does the Bible say about that? That they're separated from God forever. So Tim, he's, he's going through life, not even realizing the danger that he's in. It's like, walking towards lava and you don't even realize it. Someone needs to, who's been there, who knows where that road goes. Hey, if you keep going down this road, you're going to law, you're going to drop down into this volcano and you're going to die. No, I'm just walking. I'm just hiking. I'm having a fun time. So who's going to, who is it that's going to talk to Tim? Who's going to talk to Susie? Who's going to talk to Bill? Who, who's going to talk to John? Who's going to talk to the people that we come around? Who's going to talk to your family members that they don't even know that they're on a highway to hell? Who's going to tell them? Lord, here am I. Send them. Lord, here am I. Send some kind of missionary, some kind, some kind of guy who's, who's better at it than me. See, as we close in prayer, I want, God is very, He's calling you to be very specific right now. Who's God calling you to reach out to this week? What's the name of a person that does not know Jesus in your family? At the store. Do you, do you think everyone that works at the store is a Christian? Do, do you think everyone that's doing the checking you out and they're, they're putting the money through, do you think, they, they, do you think they know Jesus? Probably not. They probably don't. So who's going to reach out? Who are you going to reach out to? If you can think of a name, that's who God's calling you to think. I want you right now for the next uh, 30 seconds, let God speak to you a name. Who is it that God's asking you to reach out to? It could be five names, but just think, just think of one. Could be a family member, could be a spouse, could be a kid, could be a grandkid, it could be a neighbor, it could be someone that mows your lawn, it could be anybody. Who is it that God is calling you to reach out to this week? Man, I can think of a hundred people right now that are around me all the time that I wave at them, smile, and say, hi, how you doing? And that's it. Hi, how are you? Waving, smiling is not going to get them to heaven. It's a good starting point. Who's God calling you to reach out to? And there's two things. Pray. Seek God. Initiate a conversation. Build a relationship. Build a relationship with them. Initiate the conversation and pray. Let's pray. Father, there are people around this community just like this imaginary person we mentioned, Tim, or Ted, or Bill, or Susie, or whoever. There are people in this community, there are people in this world that do not know you. We are the ones, just like Isaiah, we are going to declare, here am I, Lord, send me. Send me, Lord. I am here, I'm available, 
And I'm scared to death, but Lord, you're calling me. And you're going to use me. Who can you use? You can use me. And Lord, when it comes to global missions, Lord, maybe there's someone in this room that is being called right now somehow to partner with a missionary that's already over there. Maybe it could be a short-term missions trip. Maybe it could be partner with a known per, uh, organization that goes around the uh, the world. Maybe it's that, Lord. We, I pray, Lord, that each one of us would stop this week and listen and pray and obey. What are you saying, Lord? What are you saying to us? And I thank you for my friends here. I pray that you would use us in mighty, mighty, mighty ways. If we open up our hearts, we will be used by you in mighty ways. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. God bless you.